0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her.
1: As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the support we got.
0: You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is John Brewer. John is the president and CEO of the Billings Chamber of Commerce in Montana, which is a five-star accredited chamber through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The Billings Chamber developed and manages the Billings Tourism Improvement District, Visit Southeast Montana, and the Billings Chamber Foundation. John currently serves on the WACE Board of Directors. He is past chair of the Montana Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, serves on the ACCE Board, served as their Emerging Cities Chair, and serves in the U.S. Chamber's Committee of 100 Advisors. Before moving to Billings, John was President and CEO of the Spokane Regional Convention and Visitors Bureau in in Washington, of course. He has a a BA in Communication Arts from the University of West Florida, and he and his wife, Carrie, have four children and two grandkids. But John, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so they can get to know you a little better.
1: Hey, Brandon. Well, thank you. It's, it's good to see you. Um, that's always the most difficult question, I think, is sharing something interesting about yourself, right? Because, gosh, what I find interesting, others might say, what a bore. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, my wife and I, I guess, if I were to say one thing that we're passionate about, and it's been, uh, kind of unique, is that, you know, for the 20 some years, 25 years we've been together, we've been fostering dogs and, uh my wife has a heart for people in need and animals in need so we've had everything from 12 puppies running around the house to a dog in a wheelchair to uh other special needs type dogs to try to help find them a home so for us uh it, it's been a, it's been fun as well as just kind of rewarding to to help connect uh animals to their uh lifelong homes.
0: that's awesome so if you yeah. had to, if you had to guess over the last 25 years or so, about how many dogs have, have oh. been through your house? Just a ballpark oh. number.
1: Let's say 100. <laughs> 100, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back, yeah, we were much more active when uh, the kids were at a different age and things. But uh, now we kind of go one at a time. I think more more because of our age than anything. Right. But, uh, but it, it, it's great. She's working with uh, uh, dat, dog uh, adoption agencies around the country. And when they need a home, she's kind of opening the doors for them. So I love being part of that.
0: That is awesome, because dogs need that. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about the Billings Chamber, just to give us some perspective before we get into our conversation. Obviously, every chamber is different, but give us an idea of size, staff, budget, scope of work, that sort of now, thing. No, that I so love know.
1: bragging about. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there um, we go. <laughs> so we're, as you mentioned, you know, we're that five-star accredited chamber uh, several years ago, we were Chamber of the Year through ACCE. So we're, we're proud of the work that we're doing. Uh, we got a, an incredible board of directors that kind of uh, let us be unchained to go and uh, you know figure out what needs to be solved. And our chamber is really focused on being one of those kick-butt chambers, if you will, and problem yeah. solvers as far as uh, tackling big community issues, as well as those core things that most chambers are involved in. For us, it's business growth, um, business advocacy, uh, community development. And then uh, we are also, as you mentioned in the intro there, um, the managing organization for our tourism entities, both Visit Billings and Visit Southeast Montana, the 13 counties and two uh, Indian reservations within our region here. So, um, you know, having that balance of connecting business to the, you know, millions of visitors that come through here on their way to Yellowstone National Park or Little Bighorn Battlefield side of Custer's Last Stand or along the Lewis and Clark Trail, uh, we're in a great spot to um, not only be a business hub as the largest city in Montana, but uh, a, a tourism area where people start their journey by flying in. We've got the largest airport, um, great internet interstate connectivity. Um, but our chamber uh, has right now just over 1,100 members. They employ uh, just under 15,000 people, and uh, uh, we are hovering around 90% retention, and we love that number. It's, it's solid. And, uh, uh, we're just, we're, we've been on a, a growth cycle, um, both from a revenues perspective as well as a membership perspective. So our staff has grown by, uh, four FTEs in the last 12 months and we're, we've brought people on who are, uh, focused in, in the finance world. We need to, to do some things. You'd mentioned that we just launched our foundation at the chamber and, uh, uh, we're, we're also bringing people on to help, uh, take care of the workforce issues that every community, I think, in the country is facing.
0: Yeah. No, that that you guys definitely have your work cut out for you. That's for sure. Um, it's curious. Have you guys seen an influx in tourism since the TV show Yellowstone came out a couple of years ago?
1: <laughs> it's funny how many times we're asked that question. Right? Yes, we. You know, Yellowstone uh, and where that shot is probably about a four and a half five hour drive from us. Um, but you know, Yellowstone Park has seen a bump. We hear lots of people on their way and talking about it. The detrimental side to that is now the state legislature feels like we're getting all this free advertising that we should just pull the, we get about $2 million annually for tourism funding. So they're like, we don't really need that anymore. Let's reinvest that in affordable housing and other needs in our communities like public safety. So we're in the middle of our legislative session that meets every two years and uh, kind of all hands on deck for those battles. And they are, they are plentiful. We've got 4,000 bills that have been introduced and uh so yeah, it's it's exciting. Yet it poses some challenges.
0: Right. Now we were one of those families last summer. We were going to go there, and about a, I think two weeks before we went, the, I think it was the North Loop got closed down with the mudslides and stuff, and so we ended up kind of rerouting what our our vacation was going to be because they were only letting in, you know, every other day depending on your uh, your license plate numbers. They so, were like
1: coming yeah, from texas it,
0: that's a long hike
1: <laughs> and, and interestingly enough our visitors director uh at the chamber her brother is the superintendent at yellowstone park so when they were going through that kind of oh, lottery yeah. of, of license plates you know we were hearing about some of that and um that was an interesting process but yeah they were hit very hard still not fully recovered hit the ag industry in our region but um you know just another thing that chambers are always geared up to, to try to do is you know be prepared to help whether it's you know all of the rains and um, California flooding, hurricanes, so um, n- another exciting role though for chambers are solving those community problems as they hit.
0: That's right. So getting back to I guess the topic for our, our conversation today, uh, as great as billings is, and you know, we want get, to get honed in on a, a certain topic here. So what we uh, decided to, to cover today is you know every, every chamber, every community is, is vastly different. And as we get into, uh, you know, the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion over the last few years, that looks different in each community. And as we talk with John today, we wanted to kind of focus on the why for their DEI. Uh, what did they, you know, hone in on and focus in on as they worked on diversity, equity, and inclusion? And we will dive into that much deeper as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom eat shop play mobile app with App My Community by visiting app.mycommunity.com/chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings; they provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports the entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. When chamber leaders talk about sales training, they tend to describe membership knowledge. Of course, knowing how membership works is important. However, knowing how to sell memberships is essential. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching offers a unique balance of year-round membership sales coaching and mentoring to deliver the support your membership rep needs to consistently produce for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. All right, John, we're back. Uh, As I mentioned before the break, uh, diving into what was the why for the your diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts there at the, the Billings Chamber, and how did things kind of evolve into uh, to what it is now?
1: Yeah, and I think that word evolve and evolution is so important because um, I think so many of us in the chamber world and maybe as just citizens of the world, you know, we hear a lot about DEI, and it strikes us all differently because words do matter. And, um, as we were developing the name of the work, even it was a, it was a lengthy discussion. Um, for, for many, um, diversity, equity and inclusion are triggering words or they have a stigma to them. And, and I think this evolution of, of why, white chambers are involved in DEI now is just an important context to understand. I mean, for us, everything that we do these days is revolving around workforce, workforce development, workforce retention, workforce education. And this is one of those areas that I think we just push aside or think that we're doing okay in and ignore. And I, I feel that chambers are masters at developing these type of networks, you know, to include people so that they have a voice and to include uh, opportunities for individuals to grow. Um, you know, we convene people as chambers to solve problems, whether it's public safety or like we talked about a minute ago, uh, floods and community disasters. We bring people together for their expertise. But we also, as chambers, convene people to help educate them, to help them grow. We have small business networks, which is a diverse individual group. We have young professionals and women's networks and veterans groups. Um, all of those uh, address diversity. A, a DEI program just brings it all together. And um, understanding, you know, because I think when I when I first got into this, and you know, it's only been a couple of years for the Billings Chamber, so we're in our infancy but um diversity doesn't mean a person's skin color alone and i think that's where we often go you know i've never personally been a female i've never been in a wheelchair i've never been a person of color i'm not gay um i am who i am and i've got my political leanings and my religious beliefs and we're all so unique that uh for us and for our organization what it means for us as the why and the and the what we we need to accomplish is To have a better understanding of others, to meet them where they are, uh, to help them feel a sense of belonging so people can bring their authentic and best selves to work. And so that, uh, companies, uh, can have the tools that they need to build a strong workforce. Um, as I mentioned, you know, retention and recruitment is just so important in, I think, many of the chambers that will be listening. Um, but also the tourism economy for us, we have about $625 million in visitor spending and direct visitor spending every year, $625 million. And over the last several years, our call center started getting questions in, in regards to, uh, I'm a person of color. Am I safe? I'm uh, a person in the LGBTQ plus community. Do I belong? And so between the visitor economy and just working with our members to help build that um that sense of belonging in a workforce so that the companies can you know tout themselves legitimately as being a quality place to work and help employees grow.
0: Absolutely and I think that's so important of just creating that that place of belonging no matter what the diversity is of the the population and like I you said you've never been a woman but yeah and that sometimes <laughs> that gets overlooked you know that Um, you know, there are different segments of the population, whether it is gender, or I think race is where a lot of people go to when you think DEI. Um, But are you a veteran? Are you disabled? Are you, you know, what are the different things? And, and more and more, I feel like there's uh, new labels being put upon people or that are, you know, people are associating with, with new labels and, and groups that they need special attention, they need to be considered, especially as they enter the workforce.
1: And I want, you know, everybody who works, you know, bringing it down to the micro level, people that work at the chamber, I want them to feel that regardless of their backstory, where they come from, challenges that they've had in their life, that they feel that we are a place where they can grow and that they are important and their voice is heard. And again, whether it's a person of color and in billing, um, we are about um, 88% white. We have a strong Native American population. We're close to the Crow uh, Reservation, as well as the Northern Cheyenne. And, you know, their their workforce right now, they're at about 50% unemployment there. And they've got workforce and a college. and And we want to find ways to be better in billing to help bridge that workforce gap, to help grow. But they have a unique culture that... You know, some, uh, from, I think the uh, the white heritage might just see the native culture and say, you know what? They, they don't show up on time. They're, uh, don't work as hard. The work ethic's different. And it's, it's these issues where it is just different. And once you learn how to address those, um, boy, we're missing out on some big opportunities, um, if we don't. And, um, you, you know, for us, it was to better understand. What we didn't know at the time, we surveyed our membership a lot and asked a lot of questions to help even determine whether this was something that we should be getting into. And we had about 78% of our members say, we have needs and there's nobody leading in this space in Billings. In this space, I mean, connecting business to DEI. And 78% of our members said, we need to do this. Um Billings is friendly. You know, we're a, we're a great community. We're welcoming, but we're not diverse. And- simply not knowing how to address diversity. And like we just talked about the the breadth of diversity. um, I was surprised kind of how hungry some of our members were for tools that could help them grow.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges we have in our day is being able to be inclusive of all the diverse segments of the population and diversity, you know, division, it has that same root word of division, right? So in different, you know, segments of diversity, there comes a lot of strength, you know, as you can come together with, you know, whether it's a women's group, or, you know, different races, you know, gather together, or orient sexual orientations, there's some strength coming together from that. But as society is as, as a whole, and as the workforce as a whole, it becomes very divisive or it can be as we have all these different segments so how do we incorporate everybody give them a place of belonging make sure that they understand that it doesn't matter any of the subsets of the population you belong here and we want you here but Uh, yeah and say how have you have you guys approached that
1: (laughs) well we, we spent a lot of time again on the name we talked about belonging and we had all these nice acronyms and flowery words that uh, we just decided that, you know what? We're going to hit this head on. We're going to have difficult conversations and we're going to be that place where people will feel comfortable coming with their tough questions. Because like you say, DEI and, and woke and all of these, uh, over politicized words, you know, it all boils down to how are we helping our members and our employees feel like they belong? Um, and we've developed a, you know, a four part strategy for our DEI work. Um, and, and most recently launched a program called You Belong in Billings, with the and we launched this at our annual meeting just a couple of months ago. The idea being that uh, Montana and Billings was ranked in the top three states and communities in the United States where people were moving to over the past couple of years, and we knew that brought a diversity of thought, a diversity of political backgrounds, a diversity of color, and so on. And we uh, set out with this initiative to help. An employer, once they bring somebody in from another community, uh, help them to onboard them to the community. So as an employer, we all have our onboarding programs. You hire somebody, you give them the 101 in the organization, and they immerse in your culture at, at your organization. But we found in our hearing uh over time that so many of our large employers were losing people because they couldn't find their footing in our community and uh for a variety of reasons. So as new people move here, we've got this community onboarding program. If you love that old welcome wagon feel of you've just moved here, uh, what should I see and do? Where's my scene? You know, where can I connect with things that interest me? Whether it's you know a brew trail walk or arts and entertainment, the music scene. But uh, more importantly, we felt it was the one-on-one human connection. So connecting them to other newbies that have just uh, arrived in Billings, as well as community leaders. So that this, you know, couple year ramp up time, I'm learning a new job, I'm learning a lot of other stuff, buying a house, getting my cable connected, all that stuff. Um, we're now going to deliberately help you find ways to get involved in the community, get involved in the chamber. And we think uh, over time, we're going to be tracking that and seeing what kind of retention rates uh, employers are going to have, because uh, they'll be doing this onboarding. And then connecting to our leadership programs and connecting to elected officials and finding a way to get involved in, in our DEI work if they choose. So um, that's that's one very significant uh, initiative that uh, in its early phases and we're excited to see how it progresses.
0: Yeah. So and I like how you, you surveyed your members and you said that you're going about this, you know, when it boils down to what's good for Billings, what's good for your members. Um but really, there's a, a huge outreach component of this, too, saying that you belong here and you're talking to people that are not chamber members. You're talking to people that are not yet part of the community in some instances, but being inclusive and saying you belong. We have a place for you, but really focusing with your membership to, to create those places where they can belong and, and make them feel part of the community. So I'd, I'd like to the, the focus is on billings and the members but really that outreach component i think this is so important
1: in the outreach piece one of our four core goals for our dei mission uh was not only outreach so this one is relatively new the outreach to outside of our borders but within our membership the continual uh, uh dedication of space in our e-news and other communications to DEI content celebrating Black History Month and Martin Luther King Day, for example, um, and making sure that uh, we're able to provide kind of a, an upcoming uh, calendar of here's where uh, we should be set aside in, uh, set aside some dedicated time to, to celebrate uh, different populations. We launched a DEI uh, website, BillingsDEI.com. And it has videos and suggested books to read um, and a downloadable toolkit that we actually partnered with, with, shouldn't say partnered, we borrowed from the Phoenix Chamber of Commerce. Um, They developed this amazing resource. We worked with them to to tweak a little bit to be billing centric, uh, redeveloped it, launched it, and provided contacts and information on this website that helps businesses with their on-road or their on-ramp. You know, I want to start this. I don't know where to begin. Uh, what's step one? Um, I'm just in, in the early phases of wanting to uh, introduce belonging into our organization, or we've been doing this for years and what's next for that company. And so some of our early adopters that really helped get this. In, so, you know, Brandon, part of a successful initiative like this takes funding and some of our early adopters that stepped up where some of the names you've heard of, uh, you know, corporate, uh, large major corporations such as Exxon and KO International that's based here in Billings. Uh, a number of financial institutions came to us with significant financial support to help us develop the structure, build a website, hire an individual to spearhead this work, and um, that's meeting that goal for us of making this sustainable. This could not be a fad. Um and that, you know, it's the talk of the day, let's get behind this because it's new. And then it disappears, this has to be sustained. So we built this into the fabric of our organization, found the funding, and uh, are really happy with uh with that continued growth and the continued spark partnership from our, our members.
0: Yeah. So is the majority of the, I guess, information and training for members? Is it digitally based on the billingsdei.com or do you have any in-person kind of stuff? Um I know you'd mentioned the community, you know, the uh the community onboarding has a personal touch, but as far as getting the members uh, positioned well to be inclusive and and welcoming for everybody, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So one of the very first things we did, uh, this this was out of my comfort zone when we started. So we brought together a steering committee, which has now evolved to an advisory board of 15 individuals that bring different perspectives. And we decided early on that we needed to launch that personal touch. So for um, four sessions now, we've had uh, a diversity, equity, inclusion, and then implementation, D-E-I-I class. That's consisted of four workshops, and those go over a four-month period, and they're followed by four community roundtable discussions and then network opportunities. So after those four months, uh, people will go through that. They go through a graduation ceremony. We celebrate them, and then they become kind of part of our alumni email chain now of of, uh, keeping them uh, communicated with on a high level. But um, that step was big, and then once a company – has graduated so many people to that program, they're then designated as a workplace of choice and they get um, uh, some language. We're working on another uh, piece to that that would be more of an identity for them, but they're able to utilize uh, those resources in, in promoting their organization as a quality place to work. Um, so that has meant over the last two years for us, 150 graduates, full classes almost every time. Those 150, 40, 50 graduates represent just over 30 businesses that employ 16,000 people. And that was our goal was to reach the major employees to begin with, employers to begin with, knowing that they would cast their net out to their employees. And uh, our goal starting this last April and moving forward now is to engage many more small businesses. And part of the funding that's come in through our sponsors has been dedicated to scholarshipping those that can't afford it
0: that is great um that that was one of the questions i was going to have is there some kind of certification they get afterwards as a company and and you've got into the the depth of that with those workshops and the you know ability to to kind of workshop together and round table and stay as part of that alumni group and build that strength throughout the community and i'm thinking with these major employers 16,000 people being affected um they're not all going to stay at the same employer forever so they're going to move around that training's going to go with them as well so casting that net you know wide within these uh these major employers i think is so key and, a, and such a smart move <clears throat> i wanted to see as we start wrapping up here for i know a lot of chambers have some sort of a d and i initiative but it's going to see if you have any tips or action items for chambers listening who want to take their organization up to the next level. What, what would you suggest for them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, whether it's DEI specific or otherwise, um, one of the things that after our one of our first DEI workshops, uh, the presenter who we've engaged as our contract service provider to lead these uh, workshops Gave me a bottle of wine and encouraged me to enjoy it with somebody who I don't know, who doesn't look like me, think like me is different. And I just that stuck with me. And I've got that here on my desk as a constant reminder of, um, you know, we're engaged with a lot of people as chambers. We have strong networks, but there are so many groups and individuals out there that we don't know. So I've carried that on and we do gift cards for staff and gift cards for um uh, others in in the past and have handed them out and said, you know what, here's here's a card for your favorite brewery or a card for a coffee shop. Only caveat is you got to go find somebody to enjoy it with who you don't know. And that really helped us as we were, again, evolving our advisory board and, and bringing those unique voices around the table because we just have such a propensity to go back to that comfort zone and say, hey, I'm going to go grab this person and that person because I know they get stuff done and I have a comfort there. Um, that really helps, I think, just think differently and, and put you in that uncomfortable zone of, of growth.
0: Yeah, no, I love that tip. That's a, hopefully everybody's making a quick note of that to, uh, get out of your comfort zone, go enjoy time and conversation and, uh, a, a beverage or some food, you know, with, with somebody who's different than you. And there's a lot to be learned by doing that um john i like asking everyone i have on the show as we look to the future of chambers of commerce how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward
1: yeah i i, I think there's you know a wide open plate for us to be successful and incredibly impactful in our community but it it boils down to leadership it it, it involves you know the makeup of our boards of directors and um, the professional staff that we have, membership, leadership and engagement. But there are, there are some incredible roadmaps out there and somewhat crystal balls that, um, we all need to be paying attention to and, uh, and watching as they are updated. And, um, and, you know, I, I look often towards work that was done several years ago through ACCE and the Horizons Initiative. It gave us great perspective on emerging demographics and political polarization. Um, WACE is an incredible resource for their three C's evolution of chambers becoming catalysts and champions and uh, conveners. And, you know, if, if we look to those roadmaps, like you said at the very beginning, all chambers are different, but there's a certain kind of structure, a solid foundation that makes us unique and I think will continue to uh, provide value and make us relevant and not only relevant, but essential as as we go forward in such a digital age that we still have that ability to bring people together that can really impact our communities in substantive ways.
0: I love that answer and you know how spot on was the horizons report, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> We're back living it's uh... like oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up and uh, and going from relevant to essential, I got to plug Casey Steinbacher's book, you know, with that same title. Uh, great book and any any chamber pros out there that haven't read it uh, it's a Kindle version so you gotta you know download it but it's a a great read um, John I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information so anyone listening who'd like to learn more about how you guys are doing things there in billings uh, specifically about you know creating a a place of belonging with the your business growth there what would be the best ways for them to reach out and connect with you?
1: always best to reach me via email and that's john at billingschamber.com j-o-h-n at billingschamber.com again just uh, perusing our website with our uh, billingsdei.com there's some great resources and um, a, a wider breadth of contact information and then then our website is billingschamber.com as well
0: right we'll we'll get all of that in our show notes for this episode right. so if anybody's driving and couldn't couldn't jot those down just uh Check out the show notes and scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll have all of John's contact information there. But John, thank you for spending time with us today and and sharing how you guys are creating that that place of belonging through business growth there in in Billings and the example you guys are setting. I really
1: appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. It means a lot. I appreciate that. If you are a Chamber professional,
0: please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.